podcast that digs into the unusual, unorthodox, and downright unsettling beliefs found at the depths of the internet and the heights of paranoia. I'm your host, Dylan, and with me is the Zerophytic and Xenophobic <laughs> Brent. Oh, <man. laughs> oh, that last one is hopefully not true with me, and it's not, so I can say that we, I'm myself. Well, um, it might be true of me now that I have a shaved head. Oh. A totally shaved nice. skin head. I'm going in that direction. This <laughs> podcast, oh, Taking a whole other it's going to get a lot more racist. Like a nice right No, term. that's not true at all. Are you, um, what's the first word mean? Uh, Zerophytic means, it's usually referring to plants, um, mm. and it means adapted to a dry environment uh. or a xeric uh. environment, and so you are that's a exactly desert right dweller yeah this is true and so i felt it was totally appropriate and uh you are definitely xenophobic that is that's been said before by you um so (laughs) (laughs) just a second so what are we uh what are we talking about here today now that we've been through all of ufos we we wanted to return to a another news episode we did this a while back now um uh, several months ago kind of towards the beginning of our podcast and there have been a lot of news items recently a lot this past week that unfortunately we can't go into depth into all of them but there's two in particular that we're going to take deep dives on yeah and so we just wanted to catch everyone up there's been a lot of unusual unorthodox and definitely unsettling (laughs) news and we really we really wanted to you know tell the people about all of that yes and we're going to start with Perhaps the most unsettling for me personally, I actually learned about this editing our last episode, and this is the death of Mark Hollis. Mark Hollis was the lead singer and songwriter for the band Talk Talk. He passed away on February 25th, and I literally, I think I had like 15 minutes left of editing our last Mm. episode, and it really just Uh, bummed me out greatly. Probably their most famous song was actually covered by No Doubt, uh, and it's called It's My Life. Yes. You know, it's my life. Yeah. Da, da, da. Anyway, Talk Talk went on to record their last two albums are just incredible. Spirit of Eden and Laughing Stock in particular, which is definitely in my top five albums of all time, probably higher. Mm-hmm. And I've listened to that album for about 15 years now. He also recorded a solo album in 1998, and then he kind of he retired from the music industry hmm. and he just, you know, was doing his own thing, kind of staying home with his kids. Yeah. And he passed away from an illness at 64. I don't know if we know yet what it was. Apparently, it was something he was dealing with for a long time and just truly incredible laughingstock. I would say if you haven't listened to laughingstock if you're able, I would stop this podcast and listen to that first. <laughs> that's definitely a that's an artistic achievement that definitely dwarfs anything we're going to be talking oh. about for the next hour. You know, <laughs> I, I hate to say it. <laughs> yeah, I you recommended that album to me. I had never heard of it. Like you said, I only knew the the No Doubt cover and a few hit songs. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, yeah, talk, talk. I, I remember them. And me and my girlfriend were listening to it. It's amazing. That album, it, that album you mentioned, um, is laughing stock is a great is just um, unbelievably good we were actually listening to it uh, me and my girlfriend and i was like this this like reminds me of mars volta <laughs> i mean in a way like there's some yeah. mars volta going on there so obviously they were influenced by talk talk but um it's really cool yeah. really really good and yeah definitely recommend it like dylan said yeah it's spare it's beautiful i don't you know not a lot of albums i listen to i would call beautiful yeah and i, I think that one is clearly merits that description and you mentioned Mars Volta. I learned about them 
from an interview they did. Right. And this must have been I looked this up. This was around 2003, give or take. It was when Deloused and the Comatorium came out. Oh, yeah. And yeah, they did an interview and they had a few albums that they were inspired by. And that was one of them. And it, it really is just it's incredible. Yeah, I, would, every, I would listen to it. And every song is just really good. The song The Flood, the one is after the flood or I forget the name of it, but it's like the second or third. I think, track. Yeah, after yeah, the flood, I think it's so good. That one is like one of my favorites on there. But yeah. And they're all really long. The songs are long and they're really, really, really good. So, but yeah, really, really sad. And we wanted to really talk about him up front because it's just really sad and everything else. There's sad elements to it, but mostly, mostly fun. <laughs> um, and so we get to, you know, we wanted to kind of get this out of the way mm-hmm. just because of how important he is for us. Um, yeah. And yeah, but now I think Brent, we're going to talk about Mr. Oh, Jesse yeah. Smollett we- has been in the news the past few weeks. Yeah, we can't really we can't just do a, a, a news a none dare call it news thing and just kind of blow right by this. I We actually were. But I yeah. was like, I think we may need to at least mention him. Um, I, I'm, I'm sure yeah, people know definitely. the whole uh, Jesse Smollett fiasco um, because, you know, the whole thing is certainly not ordinary. So we're going to be talking about it. But anyway, it's um it does. It does. Uh, it does start with a character named Jesse Smollett, who is an actor on the show Empire who told the Chicago police um, that two Trump supporters attacked him near his, his apartment building in, I guess it's, uh, is it Streeterville? I'm not sure where that is, actually. But I think so. Yeah, I think so. Uh, while he was getting food at Subway at 2 a.m. So uh, apparently oh. they beat him up. They uh, slipped a noose around his neck and yelling racial and homophobic slurs at him because uh, Jesse's uh, a gay black man, if I didn't say that. Uh, mm-hmm. But anyway, he he told this whole story. Well, come to find out, he fabricated the whole thing with uh, evidence showing that Jesse paid two men to say that uh, they attacked him. And uh, he did it apparently, so they say, for uh, getting more money to be able to get more money for being on the show Empire to kind of raise his profile. So that's why would that lead him to being paid more? I don't know if it's is, just this is the one thing I didn't understand about I, the story. I guess the only thing I, th- I could think of is really it just like would raise his profile and he become this victim and maybe the creators would be like, oh, OK, let's. But yeah, it doesn't really make sense to me either. I, I don't know. OK, but I, I mean, I guess that's what I imagine thinking. if you're going to if you're going to engage in this kind of shenanigans right. that your reasoning might not make so no. much sense. No, it's <laughs> a common Thing. There's a lot of missteps here, um, obviously, but I mean, I, I yeah. honestly just we just want to briefly talk about this. We don't have a lot of time, but I do want to say that if you do decide to do, you know, like your own fake, your own brutal attack, maybe just go all in next time. Commit to it. I would say if you remember the scene from Fight Club, um, just basically do that to yourself, do a whole number on yourself. That would be probably oh, more yeah. realistic than I think he just had like a scratch or something on his cheek. Also, Jesse said that he was attacked while getting food from Subway at 2 a.m. Let's not forget that detail. Mm-hmm. And no one eats at Subway yeah, at 2 a.m. Right. No one eats at Subway. <laughs> no one's late at night being like, man, I got to get that that uh, cold cut combo. Yeah, it's just, no. Um, yeah. <laughs> I mean, honestly, I, I think personally, if I would have if I would have been making this up, I would have went with Jack in the Box. It sounds a little bit more realistic. I don't know. But mm-hmm. uh, what do you have to add to that? <laughs> No, that's definitely right. Yeah. Although if I was if this was in L.A., I think Roberto's. Yeah, is in L.A. Roberto's definitely <laughs> in Las Vegas and I believe kind of Southern California as well. Yeah. And I've been after a, a show, you know, many years ago, we went to Roberto's at like 3 a.m. and it was jamming. It's packed <laughs> like that's 
so I definitely would have made it. That would have been incredibly believable. Yeah, or even like a Del Taco, something you know to the effect oh, of just yeah. Taco Bell. Del, yeah, I, I can see violence occurring near a Del Taco. Definitely, I'll definitely. put it that way. Yeah. <laughs> also, a little fun fact while we're talking about Subway is a man tried to. I don't know if he tried to sue them, but he complained that the five dollar foot long oh boy. was not a foot long. Oh. It was only 11 inches. Shit. And their defense was that it's not a descriptive claim. It's just a brand name. <laughs> and so it's not a five dollar foot long is not guaranteed to be a foot long. It's like the Holy Roman Empire uh, of sandwiches. Nice. <laughs> just as the Holy Roman Emperor was neither, you know, holy nor Roman yeah, nor an empire. Roman, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Five dollar foot long is five dollars, but not a foot long. <laughs> Did he have like a ruler? Did he like like bust it out, measure it? It's amazing. I, he might have done it at home, but he definitely measured it. Mm. He definitely brought Good a ruler him. out at some point. <laughs> what else we got news wise here? Let's see. All right. So two more appetizers for you before Yum. we get into the main course <laughs> of the uh, of the news in this episode. Uh, the first is an article from Gizmodo titled The Fake Sex Doctor Who Conned the Media Into Publicizing His Bizarre Research on Suicide, Butt Fisting, ah, and Bestiality. Nice. Wow. And this article is by Jennings Brown. <laughs> and this was just this just came out a few days ago. And we're going to start with this doctor. His name is Dr. Damien Jacob Markowitz Sendler, hmm. and he is a sexologist with peer-reviewed papers on sexology who has, quote, a MD and a PhD from Harvard Medical School. He presents himself as the chief of sexology at a nonprofit health research foundation based in New York. His website states he's one of the youngest elected members of the American Psychiatric Association and the American Academy of Psychiatry and the Law, and that Barack Obama gave him a President's Gold Service Award for his contributions in medicine and mental health. Quite impressive. Wow. The problem is that these are all just lies on his <laughs> website. None of this is true. Wow. And the article is basically Jennings Brown interviewing uh, Dr. Sendler and trying to figure out if any of this is true, which it turns out it's not. Um, he, I believe he did attend a like Harvard extension school program, but he does not have a, a doctorate or an MD from oh, Harvard. Okay. His nonprofit health foundation is kind of non-existent as far as anyone can tell. It's a non-existent. It foundation. also lists, he kind of pulled a Jacob wall mm. who Jacob wall had a uh, quote unquote, like kind of like a security consulting business, mm -hmm. but all the people he cited on the website turned out were fake and he just stole photos from people on Instagram and did like different filters. So you couldn't really tell who they were. Uh, so all these people are fake. Like, why is this guy a dog working for you? Like one of those puppy dog filters. Like, okay, this is, <laughs> this is very, very unprofessional. Altered. Not a good look for a security firm to have a dog working for you. And he does have published research, which is something, you know, very sad. And it turns out peer review is not it doesn't get everything. Yeah. And he does one of his peer reviewed articles does have the phrase butt fisting wow. in the title. Oh, which is not Jeez. a it's not a That's technical not... medical term. No. Um, as far as I understand <laughs> it. And despite yeah. all these lies, he's been very successful at marketing himself. He's managed appearances in Vice, Playboy, the Savage Love Cast. Huffington Post, Insider, Bustle, Thrive Global, Women's Health, and Forbes. And yeah, but, but oddly enough, he hasn't appeared in a single article in Butt Fisting Monthly. So that is kind of odd. Yeah, not 
Not yet, not yet. Been. Nor Black Vortex Past magazine. Up, yeah. So he hasn't gotten ah, the ET yeah, angle quite yet. <laughs> um, but we can only hope that he'll get there someday. And I someday. again, I highly recommend we'll have this uh, linked on the website. <laughs> I highly recommend looking into this article and, you know, getting into all the details about Brown trying to figure out just who this guy <laughs> is. It looks like he got some medical training in Poland. Mm. And he might have an MD from a Polish university. Again, we don't have the time to get into it. I would recommend just going to that article to find out. Mm -hmm. And then the next appetizer is it's a hometown story. Well, not a hometown. <laughs> it's a adopted town story, a Detroit story. Mm -hmm. And it's from The Washington Post. How a black man, quote, outsmarted a neo-Nazi group and became their new leader <laughs> by Katie Mettler. Oh. Wow. Now, again, this is another story. This is only a few days old, and we don't really know all the details about what happened. But it's about the group, the National Socialist Movement, which is a Detroit based group. They've been around for you know several decades. And again, it's unclear what how this happened. But James Hart Stern, who is African-American, is now officially legally the president of this organization. And he has a history of doing this kind of thing. He actually spent some time in prison and he was cellmates with a member of the KKK. And apparently he also pulled this kind of maneuver with this other guy as well in the KKK and was able to become power of attorney. Oh, my God. For him. And then <laughs> by doing this, he was able to um, kind of sandbag kind of. Well, or I see it. It's unclear, but he was able to eliminate the organization. Oh, okay. He was able to close down that chapter of the KKK <laughs> um, somehow. Wow. And so he kind of claims he outsmarted the former president in a similar fashion of the <laughs> National Socialist Movement, who is this guy, uh, Jeff Shoep, uh, to get control of the organization. And the Washington Post article isn't too clear because we don't really know yet. This kind of just came out a few days ago. It's very unclear why this all happened. But right now, the most likely explanation has to do with the National Socialist Movement's involvement in the Unite the Right rally mm -hmm. that happened in Charlottesville in 2017 mm -hmm. and how they were currently in a lawsuit about that. Mm -hmm. And there was around this time, there's been a period of kind of internal tension in the organization. You know, there's younger kids who are more violent, more extreme uh, which is hard to imagine in the National Socialist Movement. But, and then there's yeah. people who want to make it more mainstream, that mm. kind of thing. And it looks like right now, again, this is kind of speculation. It looks like Showup, who was the previous president, was going to be on the hook mm. for some of the actions of his more annoying members of this organization. Right. And he didn't want to be held responsible. And in order to avoid that, he signed over the organization to Stern. And again, we don't... <laughs> We don't fully know. This looks like the best explanation yeah. for why on earth this happened. Yeah, it actually kind of reminds me of the Dave Chappelle skit, if you remember the one where the... the but I'm assuming, you know, James Hart Stern isn't blind, but, you know... No, yeah. he is not so, blind. Right. So other than all that... <laughs> But yeah, that's interesting. I actually just looked it up. It's Clayton Bigsby. There it is. Is the okay. uh, the name. That's the That's Clayton. That's yeah, the name. Yes. Yeah, the black white that's supremacist. A... I think that was literally <laughs> the first Chappelle show uh, sketch, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, cool. That's yeah. interesting. Nice. But yeah, Great this is Chappelle. kind of like that except the guy is not blind and he knows <laughs> and he is doing on purpose. Black. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. And he did it on purpose. <laughs> All right, do we have another appetizer? Now we're getting on to the So this uh, is kind poppers. of I think 
So we've had the appetizers. I think this is more like the like salad course. This is like a, <laughs> you know, a more substantial salad. And yeah. then we'll get into like the roast beef. <laughs> so, again, we got like this past week has been kind of intense in terms of these stories, which, you know, I just did not expect. But this story is about Facebook, which we all love. And it's just been perfect. And <laughs> nothing bad has happened on Facebook in the That's past right. few years. And this is an article uh, from The Verge by Casey Newton called The Trauma Floor, The Secret Lives of Facebook Moderators in America. Mm. You know, so Facebook has rules about what you can put on there, and they're trying to, especially after the 2016, you know, Russia influence campaign, you know, buying ads on Facebook, promoting, you know, all this false information that Facebook has been trying to tighten up their rules about what people can post. Yeah. And so... You know, what they need to be able to do is find people posting, you know, videos of, you know, death, like live death or murder, things like that. Ugh. Also videos of 9-11 trutherism or, you know, flat earthers or Holocaust denial, all this kind of stuff. And this article by Casey Newton is about the people who do that. You know, human beings are the ones who have to figure out whether or not something posted on Facebook meets their guidelines. And it turns out this doesn't have a positive effect on the <laughs> mental well-being of the people who are tasked with this challenge, believe Imagine it or that. not. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's like, why can't they just get a more respectable, more peaceful job? Like maybe like a factory farm worker or something that would be a little easier on the brain. Oh, yeah. That's oh, yeah, would be definitely. Probably better. Yeah. And again, I highly recommend reading this article on its own. There's a lot of details. Mm -hmm. uh, we just want to cover the highlights of this article. Um, so first, it's a company called Cognizant, which uh, is who Facebook outsources this work to. And while the average Facebook employee makes $240,000 a year, these Facebook moderators who are called process executives, hmm. which, wow, yeah, they make $28,800 a year. Jesus so a very Christ. striking difference wow. <laughs> in, in terms of yeah. compensation. God damn. Facebook has is known for having a fairly loosey goosey kind of corporate climate kind of thing, mm -hmm. whereas Cognizant is very different. So these employees, their bathroom breaks are micromanaged. Mm -hmm. And there was an even a situation where two Muslim employees were banned from praying during their nine whole minutes of, quote, wellness time. Oh, my God. <laughs> these people who are moderating the moderators are fucking assholes, clearly. Yeah, they're up. the worst. And because. I imagine there's lots of different, you know, people have different religious beliefs, but regardless of what mine were, if I was, you know, a manager of this company, I think I would let my employees pray. Yes. I think that yeah. would be, yes. I think that's important. <laughs> like, yeah, I think after watching, you know, hours and hours and hours about the uh, international Zionist reptilian <laughs> conspiracy. Yeah, maybe a chat with, uh, with God would be a great idea. I'm just going to put that out there. Again, in stark contrast with Facebook, moderators can be fired for only making a few errors a week. Jeez. And many of these employees, they fear former employees returning with violent intentions. One employee even started carrying a gun to work oh God. just in case anything like that happened. What could go wrong? Ugh. Yeah, what could go wrong? Absolutely. <laughs> and these process executives, they've had to resort to some unique methods of coping with having to deal with all this incredibly noxious content. Mm. So employees have been found having sex in the stairwell and in a room reserved for lactating mothers. Oh God, <laughs> And this it's become so prevalent that there's a term for it in the office. It's known as trauma bonding. Oh. 
God. Which is, yeah. That's super dark, yeah. Employees have also resorted to telling dark jokes about suicide and smoking weed. Quote, moderators are routinely high at work. And I can see that as being a lot worse in some ways. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't want to be high watching be. all this stuff. No, God. <laughs> yeah, honestly, I think this should be like, somebody needs to do that, like, a, like a Vice piece or a documentary on this, because this is this is pretty in, insane. Like, get these people on, on camera talking. But yeah, I'm sure definitely. the repercussions, you know, would be intense, like legally, obviously, to do this. But yeah, it's. Yeah, absolutely. Because that was one of, I believe, one of the things mentioned in this article was how they sign NDAs. Mm-hmm. So they don't talk about all this stuff. Yeah. Cognizant, the company actually officially doesn't even acknowledge that Facebook is one of their clients. Oh, wow. That's how kind of far this goes. Oh, that's interesting. Huh. Yeah. And probably the, to me, the scariest thing of all here is that some of the employees who's tasked with eliminating all this untrue, malicious content are themselves developing the radical views they're tasked with eliminating from Facebook. Oh, Wow. In the uh, Phoenix office, which is the kind of the main location that the article discusses, Mm -hmm. there's one flat earther and there's a Holocaust denier. And a former employee is a 9-11 truther. (laughs) Oh, my God. So when the moderator becomes the moderated, that is too much. That's too far. Exactly. Who moderates the moderators? Mm -hmm. Uh, And the answer is probably someone who thinks the earth is flat, unfortunately. (laughs) Jesus. And this kind of, I mean, this gets into the idea that mere exposure on its own is kind of enough for this stuff to have an effect. You know, yeah, even if you're. In. Yeah, totally. Yeah, even if you're very consciously, your job is to remove it, just seeing it eight hours a day, 40 hours a week is enough to get it in there. And so that's okay. So we had the appetizers, we had the hefty salad, and now Brent. <laughs> is on to our first main course Mm. and it's a bit more fun than that previous (laughs) article i'll have to say that yes and get yourself clean because it's about time to eat wash your hands everybody just kidding so (laughs) don't do that just yet um so my my title is called fox news host pete segseth says he has not washed his hands in 10 years saying quote germs are not a real thing And this is by a Newsweek article by, it's by Catherine Hignett. So it's from Newsweek. Yeah. Okay. So who is first? Let's just who is this? Let's just get a mild background here on this uh, Pete Hegsworth character. So he's a Fox News Channel contributor and a frequent presenter on Fox and Friends. He served in the U.S. military with deployments in Cuba and Iraq. He's a former military officer. He was in uh, consideration to head the U.S. Department of Veteran Affairs and the Trump administration. Oh, wow. He was the yeah, the chief executive of Concerned Veterans for America. And I think if I was in the armed services and I was in combat, I Mm. imagine I would want to wash my hands at least once Mm. in those scenarios. You would think so. I imagine you get dirty. Yeah, that's just man. (laughs) So he ran as a Republican candidate for the U.S. Senate election in Minnesota in 2012, and he lost to Kurt Bills. You just don't fuck with Bills. That guy is unbeatable that yeah that's um, an incredible so, name Kurt I don't know who that is. <laughs> <laughs> so in 2016 he openly backed um, somehow i don't know i mean i guess if you have to you got to back somebody yeah. marco rubio ted cruz and then eventually donald trump so 
that's that's that. So there, so there's a little fun extra about Pete Hegsworth that I do want to wait till the very end of my little segment here to show you guys. Ooh. And so, so yeah, so it's a little bit of a uh, teaser here, maybe a little dessert at the end. So now that we've established a brief overview of who this guy is, let's dig into the article. Let's get into it. So here we go. I'm going to quote from the article here. So to the chagrin of his co-host, Fox and Friends presenter Pete Hegsworth told the show's audience Sunday morning that he hasn't washed his hands in a decade. <laughs> the revel- the- so the revelation came after co-hosts Ed Henry and Jedediah Billa questioned Hegseth's off-camera consumption of pizza left out after National Pizza Day Saturday. Hegseth had argued that pizza, quote, lasts for a long time. <laughs> Billa, the, <laughs> Billa then quipped Hegseth, quote, might take a chomp out of anything on a table that's not nailed down, including mugs. <laughs> so I think the, the fact that he I doesn't mean, wash wow. his hands might be the least of his problems if he's eating mugs. <laughs> he's eating glass and eating ceramic. Is, all right. Yeah, I mean, first, I mean, I yeah, don't we actually need that appreciate to make the, this. We need that to make the crystal quartz spheres <laughs> to get the UFOs going. We can't just be eating them. That's right. You can't just eat it, dude. Oh, God. I mean, and I actually personally don't appreciate the mug eating humor. I mean, I, I own multiple cherished mugs, as True. as do you, Dylan. Yeah. The uh, Obama birth, birth certificate right. mug. Your mom got you. Um, yeah, so let's not joke about that. Also, I actually have a um, don't eat old pizza story. I mean, I was living in Southern Illinois um, and I had ordered pizza. I don't know where it was from, but one of the places and I it was a sausage pizza and I left it out overnight and next day went ahead and ate that and got violently ill. <laughs> I mean, man, food poisoning is painful as fuck. So yeah, I was on the floor, curled up in a ball. Like I thought I'd have to go to the hospital. I don't think I ended up going or yeah, I did end up going, but it was fine. But yeah, you just have to get through Do you think it. that was horrible, from leaving but, it yeah. out or do you think that was something already in the pizza? I think it was the, that's a good question. It could have been something, but I just assumed because it was, I think I left it sitting out and I've eaten old pizza with like maybe cheese, I think yeah. on it. And I, I don't know the rules, but I know leaving meat out like something like that is that probably makes sense. It's not good. And I know pork. Pork can be dangerous. Right. I don't know. Maybe it was something in a pizza. Maybe just don't go to that pizza place that I can't remember. So just just be, it's, just avoid all. Yeah, it's the good pizza that places. you can't even remember because you can't even <laughs> right. you know, tease people to go there. This actually this reminds me. I have my own. I didn't get food poisoning. I was much luckier because I it was probably more dangerous is I worked for many summers at a Jewish summer camp. Oh, Uh, no, I'm not Jewish. I just, you know, (laughs) I liked being a camp counselor and that was the opportunity I had. Yeah. And in Las Vegas, there was a kosher pizza place. Huh. And there was a they started this program where you could pay like a dollar a slice on Fridays. Okay. And at lunch, you would eat this kosher pizza. And it was kind of gross. Like it wasn't (laughs) the best pizza. And a lot of the kids hated it. And (laughs) this kid, he threw just two slices in the trash, just perfect slices. And I took them out of the trash and I ate them because I was hungry. And it's pizza. You know, I mean, it wasn't the best, but, you know, pizza, you know, even the worst pizza is still pretty good. Yeah, that's very pizza out of you almost in a way. If you just sort of dragged it down some stairs, you would have probably and been a rat. They would have been more impressive. But yeah, that is. Yeah, I I really related to that pizza. rat. (laughs) Yeah, because that's yeah, I I definitely I've eaten food out of the garbage. Yeah, exactly. And nowadays you'd call me a freegan and I would I would be lauded as (laughs) fighting food waste. (laughs) 
And I actually don't think we can have a serious discussion, you know, about the stale old pizza without mentioning that folk hero, the pizza rat. You know, I, yeah, I like, I actually like how I was noticing this Halloween there. I was trying to find something to be and I was like, oh, there's Halloween costumes for pizza rat. There's actually even a better one than just like a normal, you know, pizza rat Halloween costume. There's a sexy pizza rat Halloween costume <laughs> for the ladies that want to dress up a little sexy for Halloween. It's, uh, <laughs> and as our and are also a huge fan of a New York subway rat that was, you know, filmed dragging old pizza down the stairs. This, so know. is in the sexy pizza rat costume, is the woman the rat or the, the pizza? The pizza, it's actually, she's the rat. It's very tight okay. fitting rat skin or whatever and then you've got two little pizzas near the like the hip area just right there oh okay i think two or one stuck to it so it doesn't really make any sense um (laughs) but well i I mean it makes sense to me i've often seen rats in new york with uh fishnet stockings that's a very common that's a very common sight so it's true to form yeah exactly so anyways, back to the article, Hegseth says on Fox and Friends uh, from the article, quote, my 2019 resolution is to say things on air that I say off air. I don't think I've wa- I don't think I've washed my hand for 10 years. Really? I don't really wash my hands ever. <laughs> Hegseth continued, prompting laughter from his co-hosts. <laughs> I like no. how this is the resolution. Like, know. <laughs> he's, you know, he wants to be more honest on air. You know, he's been holding back and this is the first thing he needs to get off his chest. <laughs> so true. And like, you know, I mean, seriously, like, I, I, I'm not sure actually the co-hosts are laughing, but I don't know if that's really the appropriate response to this confession. I would have went with more gagging, <laughs> yeah. vomiting, vomiting in the mouth, you know, scooting further away from Pete, you know, running out of the room, screaming, something like that. But I don't know. Anyway, yeah, someone yells, someone or uh, Billa says, someone help me. Oh, man. So I, I <laughs> but he continues on, refers, uh, you know, Hexoth is going to continue on refusing to be triggered by your cleanliness. Uh, so yeah, that's I, a, yeah, that's, that's a cuck trait <laughs> being grossed out by non hand washing. Seriously, it's true. So he says, I inoculate myself. Germs are not a real thing. I can't see them. Therefore, they're not real, Hegseth said. So that's perfect. Perfect. <laughs> that's exactly actually how I feel about Fox News. I never see it. So I assume it's not there. Just. Just get yeah, right and this up. is interesting. I would I would be curious about his religious beliefs because this is a very yeah. common kind of apologetics move in the opposite direction, mm, where yeah, you know people, you know, atheists will say, you know, I can't see God, and they'll say, right. well, you you can you can't see the wind, but the wind's still real. <laughs> so I think it's interesting, you know, taking that kind of move and kind of reversing it for the germs. <laughs> I can't see them; they're not real. Yeah, <laughs> it is. Yeah. So continue with the article, it says, so you're becoming immune. He's saying, he's, uh, this is Billa speaking here. She says, so you're becoming immune to all, the, all of the bacteria, rolling her eyes. My dad has that theory, too. <laughs> <laughs> Which this honestly, is popular. <laughs> yeah, I really enjoy the idea of a person's theory being that of germ theory denialism. So it just sounds better. Germ theory denialism theory. It's perfect. Yeah, just get all the theories yeah, in there. Just get as and many this as you is can. definitely something we will be covering in the future. Mm-hmm. I want to let our li- and this is kind of this is foreshadowing for some time in the future. I'm not sure exactly when we're going to get to it. But this news anchor is not the only person who believes this. Yes. We'll just leave it at that. <laughs> So Hex, uh, Hexeth later shared a tweet in support of his unusual concept of health and hygiene with the hashtag don't wash. So <laughs> I, you know, actually he really, <laughs> he really thinks this is important in I, a way I don't get. Don't 
I actually read that a different way at first. I not and not hashtag don't wash the Brit, rather hashtag Don T Wash, as in Donald Ooh. Trump Washington. So I don't know if Hag said this, you know, vocal Trump supporter. Maybe he's signaling, uh, you know, doing some secret signals to QAnon. I don't know. Yeah, that. Well, if it was a secret signal to QAnon, it would yeah. have to be misspelled <laughs> because that's that's my favorite QAnon <laughs> thing so far. Is that all of Trump's misspellings? Right. He, it's he's sacrificing his intellectual <laughs> reputation to send <laughs> secret messages to yeah. to the QAnon people. Yes, makes perfect sense. Which is clearly the best explanation <laughs> for that. So so true. So the article continues on, but the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention states that hand washing is a vital way to prevent the transmission of disease by washing your hands, especially after using the bathroom. You prevent the spread of harmful bacteria like Salmonella and E. coli that can persist in tiny invisible particles of human feces. Feces. So, Ooh. I mean, you know, you had me at particles of human feces. I was on board. Yeah, um, definitely. Oh, I've got <laughs> particles of human feces on my hands. Yeah, let's, let's deal them. with that situation. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's also important to wash your hands after handling raw meat as this can harbor germs left over from animal feces Ugh, so you know thank goodness i'm a vegan uh no outbreaks from veggies ever so i'm good yeah there's never in recent memory been any case yeah. of uh, salmonella Anything. and or yep. e coli on any vegetable That's right so lettuce is fine you're Spinach, good to go. always good all right so so a single gram of human feces which is, sorry, there's no way to segue into that. A single gram of human feces, <laughs> <laughs> which is about the weight of a paperclip, can contain one trillion germs, the Ooh. CDC reports. Okay, so the article continues on saying, hand-washing education has measurable effects on disease with serious impacts on colds and diarrhea, especially in children, the health agency reports. Quote, regular hand washing, particularly before and after certain activities, is one of the best ways to remove germs, avoid getting sick, and prevent the spread of germs to others, the CDC advises. Um, it's quick, it's simple, and it can keep us all from getting sick. Okay, Newsweek, we get it. You are in the pocket of big hand wash. We all know that that's what's happening. Yeah, here. the yeah. next the next ad is for hand soap <laughs> and then hand sanitizer. Uh, we yeah. all, we get we it. We see it, we see through it. So Hegseth's behavior may come as a shock to noted Fox and Friends fan President Donald Trump. The president told Howard Stern back in 1993 that he he washed his hands as many times as possible every day, adding... I <laughs> That's a quote, by the way. That's not. Yeah, that's a quote. I should say. Yeah, that's a quote. As many times as possible. As possible. I like and, he, and continuing the quote, Trump says, I like cleanliness. Cleanliness is a nice thing. Not only hands, body, everything. <laughs> you know what? We need to admit when people we might not agree with on all things are right. And, you yes. know, Donald Trump is right about that. That's cleanliness right. is a nice thing. So the article does end with, quote, Hexeth later suggested he meant the comments as a joke in a Twitter thread. Oh. So, ha ha. <laughs> I, I don't know. We need to get him as a guest. We need a permanent guest on this podcast or something. This is, yeah, get this is him not good. on. Get him on here. The one thing that when I first heard about this story that kind of blew me away was, let's say you're a committed germ theory denialist. Yeah. Don't your hands ever just get gross? No, seriously. Like, is, is that how pampered his life is? Yeah. I mean, if I'm cooking, even if I don't care about germs, you know, your hands get, yeah. you know, covered in oil or covered right. in just gross Something stuff. sticky that you're just going to just keep on there. Yeah. And as you touch other things like that does not sound very like practical. 
at all. Yeah, that worries me more than the germs that yeah, this guy is harboring just all throughout his body. Yeah. Is, you know, I don't want to touch any door handle he's ever touched. It's probably covered <laughs> in peanut butter. It's disgusting. <laughs> his whole house is just covered in things. It's disgusting. <laughs> oh, oh God. <laughs> God. We need the black light like they do those exposés on motel rooms where they bring the black light and just it glows everywhere. <laughs> so Let's bring it to Hegset's house and see what we find. Oh, God. So that's the end. Or, wait, so it's not the end. This is not all we have on Pete Hegseth. There's one more thing. I honestly, and I completely forgot about this, and I didn't realize that our friend Pete was the same guy who had made this horrible, hilarious event happen because I had seen this before, and I was like, oh, that is Peter. That's interesting. So (laughs) anyway, despite despite his um, non-hand-watching, he also did this. On June 14th, 2015, Hegseth was on Fox & Friends having a lumberjack axe-throwing contest against another guest. (laughs) You know, you know, of news um <laughs> like it just imagine turning on the news like what is happening in the world it's like okay okay let's see this guy throw well, an axe i think it's also it's public. the best place to have a That's amateur true. lumberjack axe throwing <laughs> contest because you know the axes will be fair and balanced and you gotta have balance oh, or they'll yes. just veer off in the wrong direction <laughs> it's so true <laughs> Uh, so live on air, Pete threw an axe, completely missing the target he was throwing at, and the axe sails behind the fence and actually strikes and injures Jeff Prosperi. He's a member of the West Point Hellcats drum group. So Pete looked directly at the camera with crazed eyes and says, here's Johnny. No, he that's, that's not true. But um, he didn't do that. Actually... You know, well, maybe Pete, you know, maybe Pete wanted to be part of the band here. Maybe he wanted to rock out with the drummers in the West Point Hellcats drum by shredding on his axe. Oh, right? Huh? Oh, oh man, sorry. That's way better <laughs> than an audition or having drum skills. <laughs> oh, it's so true. And also, you know, another here's another joke here. So after 10 years of not washing his hands, his grip strength just isn't what it used to be. All mm, those germs yeah. making his hands all slippery and whatnot, which is actually oh. a joke. That's a joke by my uh, lab supervisor. He he gave oh, me that joke, which I thought was nice. pretty nice. Very, see, yeah, I would I think you know, after his hand is just smothered in peanut butter all these years, and just <laughs> I would think his hands would actually happen. be stickier, and he just wouldn't even be able to throw the axe. Save that man's um, life, actually. Yeah. Can you imagine just be walking around and you get hit with a flying axe? Oh my god! Seriously. Did, did uh, have you ever seen the video of this? No, I it's, haven't. Um, I've never heard of the story before. Oh, you should. Yeah, you should watch it. It's like it's like Coleman's song, but you just yeah, you see him throw the axe, and what it is is the drummers are behind. They're kind of they're just there anyway, and they're gonna speak with them because it's I forget what day it is. It's like some holiday, I don't know, Veterans Day or something. But they're drumming, and there's like five guys. They're all in like you know this fan. They're like all in their like uniforms and stuff, and they're drumming, and the axe goes flying past the wooden target and he and he's they're all behind there because they're getting ready to they're not even really like drumming yet but it just hits the guy's drum he seems like he kind of looks like he tries to play it off for a second like it's no big deal and then he walks but it hits the apparently it hits him it's the broad end of the axe so it doesn't cut him it cuts his hand just just a little bit as it grazes but apparently luckily it hit it hit him with the broad side of the axe and thank goodness for that at least yeah right it would have had not good. I think, you know, in the future, we probably should 
not have the green room right behind the axe throwing <laughs> target. I think I this is also I think many people made mistakes this day. Yes. And I'm going to say that's yes. one of them. There is. That is very true. And it actually it really made for an awkward interview because they do literally interview afterwards. <laughs> he the, still the was interviewed like, oh, after getting hit with an axe. Just, yeah. And, you know, <laughs> honestly, and he, he conveniently uh, Pete didn't conven- uh, you know, he conveniently didn't mention that he almost decapitated him. It's just, you know what? I it's just so they thanked him for his patriotic drumming service to our country. It's just it's very strange. <laughs> Oh, it's like you just wow. had that happen. All right. So in closing, we of my section here, we see that a unique situation in life Pete Hegsworth has. He can say he hasn't washed his hands in 10 years, but he can but he can't say that he hasn't thrown an axe at a drummer in the past couple of years. <laughs> That's pretty good life. He's living dangerously. He's just filled with germs, <laughs> throwing axes left yeah. and right. Man, what? junkie. Yep. What a hero. What a hero. And our last one, our last. This course. is our last. So this is, I would say. One of my favorite. So we've had appetizers. We've had the hefty <laughs> salad course. We've had. I would say this is kind of the like chicken portion of the main course, a lighter main mm-hmm. course, and a little bit of dessert. And then yeah. this is going to be the roast beef section <laughs> of the um, you continuing this meal metaphor going. And so this is about Serge Ben Hayon and his quote socially harmful cult, Universal Medicine. I found this and a few about a week ago or so, the Australian program Sunday night released a kind of a piece of investigative journalism about Serge Ben Ben Hayon and the universal medicine cult. It was a six year investigation of this character and it just came out a few weeks ago. Universal medicine. Fuck already starting bad. I, re- I remember last guys remember last series we learned who really control the globalists, which are the universalists. So yeah, the universalist. Exactly. Yeah, and good. this is he's clearly part of this. He knows where the aliens are. His bad luck started even before then, because uh, a few months ago, he actually lost a defamation suit in the Australian Supreme Court. I bet I bet it was a kangaroo court. Uh-huh. Oh, oh, right. Sorry. Oh, man, that's a serious. <laughs> they have serious they do. legal they do. Uh, situations yes. in Australia. We don't need to, don't need to you know, bemoan right. them. We got a few listeners that's in right. Australia. I'm, so I'm joking. believe me, don't listen to Brent. <laughs> we believe that you have a very sophisticated judicial that's system true. out there. So what happened to him? This is about in October when this decision came down. So Serge sued Esther Rocket, who's an acupuncturist and former client of him in Universal Medicine, after a string of tweets and blog posts in 2014 from her, from her change of heart on Surge. <laughs> and this is actually kind of a campaign. She's been kind of a one woman wrecking crew when it comes to Universal Medicine, and she's been really calling nice. him out. And according to Surge, Rocket portrayed him as, quote, dishonest, a charlatan who makes fraudulent medical claims and as the leader of a, quote, socially harmful cult. I would say more importantly, a physically harmful cult. But I mean, socially, too, I guess. Yeah, definitely a physically (laughs) harmful cult. We'll be getting there (laughs) now. So that seems really bad. How does Serge see himself? He sees himself as a teacher and a practitioner. Yes, he promotes, quote, esoteric breast massage, but it is only administered by women. (laughs) All right. This is totally legitimate. Uh, Did he promote esoteric breast massages for men, too? I think we should not. I hope he doesn't discriminate against the moobs. Man boobs. Oh, the man boobs. I think he does. I I have a suspicion that he does. (laughs) 
Um, also, we should we should add that he, quote, had an understanding that he was the reincarnation of Leonardo da Vinci. <laughs> so that's pretty good. OK, so reincarnation of Leonardo da Vinci. He thinks he's a teacher practitioner. Rocket has a slightly different view. She accused him of performing a, quote, sleazy ovarian reading, oh which involved, as can be expected, inappropriate touching through her clothing. Hey, you know, when you're a cult leader, they let you do it. So that's, that's true in more ways than one, unfortunately. True. Very true. So among other things, Serge was somehow able to read Rocket's ovaries and tell that she was let down by a man when she was five. <laughs> and that was the kind of phrasing <laughs> that he used, which is just that's a bizarre. I, I think about all the things that a man can do to a five year old woman, and it's really kind of disgusting. Yeah, very disgusting. But none of those things I would describe as letting you down. It's a little. <laughs> you know, sometimes people let me down when, for example, we were going to go to lunch and they don't show up. Yeah. That lets me down. Right. I, I think these <laughs> kinds of things, I think we should use stronger language. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Tom Molaby, who is one of Rocket's lawyers, told the jury that Serge was just a con man from Gunelaba uh. and was not Mona Lisa anymore, but Mona Liar. Oh, I actually prefer Miss Nomer Lisa, but that's just. <laughs> I do like that better. That's definitely you should have. You should have been her lawyer. Yes. Yeah, I should have. Uh, just to, to let everyone know, Brent is not a lawyer, I'm not so a lawyer. he can't be no. your lawyer. I'm sorry, but he can write really good puns for you. That should be your your niche. OK, so what did the jury think about all this? Well, this is what they thought, quote, Miss Rocket established a defense of substantial truth to the bulk of the defamatory readings pleaded by Mr. Ben Hayon. In other words, all those claims that Serge said she made about him are all yeah. right. <laughs> this included, quote, intentionally indecently touching her and other clients and being the leader of a socially harmful cult. <laughs> Oh, man, that's oh rough. And so the group uh, Universal Medicine, which I want to say not to be I don't want to, people to get confused with Universal Healthcare because we don't you know, we want to get Democrats any more hate than they don't deserve. So, yeah, this is not Universal yeah, is Medicare not universal for healthcare. all. This is a very different thing. <laughs> very different. So this group was claimed to be, quote, a group which to Serge's knowledge makes false claims about healing that causes harm to others. Mm. And Serge had an, quote, indecent interest in young girls as young as 10 whom he causes to stay at his house unaccompanied. Ugh, gross. gross. OK, so not doing well in court, but let's back up and ask, <laughs> who is this guy? Who is Serge Benhayon? Well, he's a formerly bankrupt tennis coach <laughs> and he started Universal Medicine in 1999. <laughs> now, you might like why? Why on earth would a tennis coach start a cult? Apparently, he had a spiritual epiphany while on the toilet. Oh, yes. Where most tennis players spend most of their time. Yeah, right? definitely. That's that's where the <laughs> real right. practice starts. <laughs> so about this experience, he said, quote, I just have myself time to sit and feel that moment. And I could feel something really, really beautiful. <laughs> uh <laughs> When he's on the toilet. Got it. And so this is why people make jokes about how we're addicted to our smartphones and we even take them to the bathroom. But this mm -hmm. is why it's good that we bring smartphones into the toilet. <laughs> Otherwise, you know, it's going to distract us from these spiritual epiphanies that might lead us to like an ovarian therapy cult. Seriously. And nobody wants that. <laughs> yeah. Or at least have an un Uncle John bathroom reader. Latin edition, of course, in there. Yeah. It's Latin edition for your sophisticated yeah. comedy needs. In there. Right. Something to distract you from your spiritual epiphanies. Something. Yeah. 
Definitely. Absolutely. So we mentioned how he's the reincarnation of Leonardo da Vinci, but he's got a lot of other reincarnation beliefs in here. He also calls himself an ascended master or one of the hierarchy. Oh my God. And he tells his followers that they have experienced at least 2,300 lives each. Oh <laughs> and so speaking of followers, right now he's got more than 2,000, including doctors, lawyers, and academics. You know, and if any of our listeners now are following this guy, please feel free to stop following Serge and follow None Dare Call Ordinary on Instagram and Twitter. We could always use a few thousand followers. Oh yeah, absolutely. We will, not, uh, we will not give you any ovarian readings. Right. Uh, we will no not make readings. claims that we are the reading reincarnation of Leonardo da Vinci. Clearly, right. I'm the reincarnation of Michelangelo <laughs> and uh, Brent is the reincarnation of Picasso. I'll give you Picasso. That's, that's pretty good. That's fine. I think Betty Luca is the reincarnation of Michelangelo, but that's fine. Oh, you know what? <laughs> but I think I'm the partial reincarnation of Betty that's, Luca because that's true. before you die, parts of your soul kind of break off. Mm. And mm. then I've got some of those soul bits. I think this is how this works. <laughs> I don't know. I am not a theologian. So he's got all these followers, but thankfully, you know, Serge lets us know that he doesn't, quote, keep people in a compound or lock the doors. Thank God. And in the program, he even says he can't even brainwash these people because they're, quote, intellectuals. <laughs> like, like <laughs> that's his defense. Uh, they probably went to college, too. A bunch of snobs. A bunch them. of snobs. That's that's mm -hmm. what happens when you go to college. You get you get brainwashed, you do. usually yep. by Marxism, but sometimes <laughs> an ovarian therapy cult. Who knew? <laughs> and he's right that they don't live on a compound. Instead, hundreds live next to his New South Wales estate, and he demands extreme devotion in exchange for his, quote, <laughs> ageless wisdom. Wow. You know, see, it's an estate not a compound. Very different. Why haven't we seen that HD uh, HGTV show? You know, I think it's a great idea. Yeah, this whole compound. <laughs> <laughs> this whole not a compound. Yeah, yeah. So thank you for the correction. Thank you for the correction. <laughs> and one strange detail that I would love to hear more about. Yes. He really likes Audis. <laughs> He's a big Audi fan. The car. Wow. And not, not, yeah, the car. And not just because, you know, he just prefers them. He says... They're the, quote, only energetically balanced car in the world, and he won't drive anything else. And I can only assume this is because he's never driven a UFO because the black vortex at its core keeps things very balanced. <laughs> yeah, and honestly, Audi is kind of missing out on a great promotional opportunity here for advertising. The only energetically balanced car in the world. That's pretty impressive. <laughs> Who would have thought the Swedes, the Swedes yeah. of all people, they're making the energetically I would have thought he would have went with Tesla or something. It just seems a little more energetically balanced. But because, yeah, just... like a Tesla is kind of like, oh, it's fancy. It's, you know, yeah, it's new. It's like a, yeah. But yeah, he's a 90s man. You know, he's he's not. Yeah, he's not that. New. That's true. And so what let's so let's dig a little bit into his family and also his family <laughs> are also drivers of Audis. We should mention <laughs> apparently he met his second wife when she was 13 while Serge was still her tennis coach. Oh she, so let me just, you know, clear the vomit out of my mouth uh, real quickly after I read that. <laughs> and his first wife is actually still a member of the cult. So, you know, that's good. Keeping families together, I guess. <laughs> yeah. And if not, that would, you know, make for an, a marriage full of awkwardness. Anyway, oh, so. yeah. Yeah. Okay. Also, I wonder if he got like an Audi, like a van or do they make vans or something? Because they can fit all these people in just one Audi or no, I think it's own? one person oh, per okay. Audi. I think, you know, he's he's okay. got he's got, you know, a bunch of bucks. So I think he's just, you know, everyone gets That's their true. own Audi. OK, OK. So what about the cult itself? What about universal medicine? What do they believe? So according to the Sunday night program, 
Universal Medicine followers believe in a wild mishmash of religion, combining elephants of reincarnation, the occult, Christianity, and science fiction. What? No quarter pounders? No, no quarter pounders, oh, no, you know, coke as liquid light. They're really mm. off track here. They really <laughs> this is a very 3D uh, fallback earth kind of cult. You know, they haven't ascended to the 5D cult status quite yet. And of course, they believe in extraterrestrials who not only spy on humanity with their eyes, but with their noses as well. <laughs> what does that mean? What in the world? They Yeah, they're looking at us and they're smelling us. They want to know what we smell <laughs> and, like. And you know those ET guys, they're always, you know, they, you know they're gossiping about us with their tiny little mouths. Little yeah, because as we talked about in our previous episode, you know, when they left Betty Luca in the uh, decompression chamber, they were just, you know, off by themselves, you know, chit-chatting away, yes. making fun of her probably. Real rude. They were. <laughs> and... Universal Medicine even has suggestions for avoiding these alien encounters. So the first step is you got to quit drinking. <laughs> also, are we going full on plant here and living off light again or no? No, so that's, definitely not. Okay. Um, They're drinking alcohol, not drinking yeah, everything. Yeah, okay. exactly. Drinking okay. alcohol. Okay, that makes sense. So that's sense. kind of the first step. And uh, Rocket actually gives an explanation for why Universal Medicine believes this. And she said it's because these aliens had snouts and pointy eyes what that the? could smell members if they drank. <laughs> pointy eyes. You know, I bet these pig looking aliens vision is sharp. <laughs> you only get that way if you stop drinking alcohol. You get pointy yeah, eyes. Exactly. Yeah. And so, you know, she continues, if you drink alcohol, supernatural entities can invade you. If you drink alcohol, your baby can be raped by the entity that's inside you. It's just sick stuff. <laughs> Man, I thought the womb was the safest of safe places. I guess not. Jesus and holy baby Mary. That's just not good. Yeah, no, no. it's it's a bad it's a bad scene in there. Uh-huh. But there's more to the lifestyle than just being straight edge. Members are not allowed to consume coffee, dairy, gluten, carrots, or potatoes. <laughs> they have to go to sleep at 9 p.m. and wake up at 3 a.m. Yeah, that sounds like my sleep pattern. Sort it's of. awful. No, 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 terrible. According to Rocket, Surge also tells women they shouldn't play sports because it, quote, leads to thickening of the vaginal walls, <laughs> which I guess is supposed to be bad. I don't really have... An intuition about if that's a bad thing or not. I don't know. Yeah, I don't. Does it work like any muscle? Like you're building muscle, you're building your vaginal wall when you're working out like that. I just don't know. It's like if you told me I should stop eating potatoes because it'll give me (laughs) thick eyelids. Like I don't have a (laughs) sense of if that's a bad thing. Yeah, exactly. Don't know if it's bad or good. Maybe Serge is just really just afraid of getting his ass handed to him by uh, on the tennis court by a woman. So maybe that's really what's happening. So kick his ass, Serena. Do it. (laughs) Yeah, that would be great. (laughs) Just humiliate him. If he ever goes on trial, like, you know, uh, not, you know, a criminal trial, I would love that to be the uh, punishment. (laughs) And, you know, just, you know, we've mentioned, you know, we've kind of alluded to breatharianism before. Mm -hmm. This baloney led to at least one trip to the hospital. In this case, a 10 month old suffering from severe malnutrition. Of course, you know, when you have a when you have a cult based on limiting your food intake, people are going to suffer. It's just the way it always works. (laughs) 
So let's get a little bit into this devotion and healing aspect of the uh, the cult. And we've talked about some of this. There's the aforementioned esoteric breast massage, which is supposed to help with, quote, serious gynecological disorders. Wow. But only women do it. So it's not a sex cult. Let's get that out of the way. Somehow, though, there's aspects of this that are even more disturbing. There's a kind of pubic massage, which Serge calls rape recovery. And this apparently gets you in touch with deeper femaleness. And there are photographs of this practice with Serge himself mm. and his hands, quote, unmistakably on a woman's pubic area. Uh, are we talking Al Franken pose or something similar? You know, it's somehow worse than uh, Al Franken's yep, pose, believe it or it. not. Yeah. It's just... It's gross and disgusting, and that's Nothing really all there is to say about that. this. But we've heard from Esther Rocket. Let's hear from some more of his happy clients. <laughs> um, the first client is uh, is that's interviewed on the program. Her name is Pina. Pina was an early client who went to Surge for a healing session. Quote, his hands were down on my abdomen area, and he asked, can I manipulate your pubic bone? <laughs> she told him firmly, no. It's a hard no. Quote, why would someone who is there to heal want to touch my genitalia or pubic area? Uh, yeah, you pervert. Her her uh, vaginal wall is a perfect size. Go fuck off, please. Yeah, just the thickness it's it needs to be. Just yeah, leave it alone. And Serge was not at all happy <laughs> that she would not let him touch his pubic Imagine. or her pubic Imagine bone. That. And it gets worse, believe it or not. So Pina has an autistic son, and she had to deal with a bunch of anti-autism baloney uh, from these morons. Because universal medicine teaches that all disabled people are, quote, reincarnations of evil authoritarian figures in the past. (laughs) And so so this is it's despicable. It's stupid. um, It's just grossly immoral. But can you imagine how pissed Hitler would be if it was true at the same time? I mean, that's kind of a you would have committed suicide way sooner, probably. But yeah. Yeah, yeah, he would have been like, oh, God, I gotta, <laughs> Got man, this. I can't walk. <laughs> oh, man. Serge himself said, quote, all autistic people are incarnate of former authority abuse over others. Ah, a little reincarnation sprinkled on. That's nice. There we go. Yeah, this is all disgusting. This is And Pina said, what kind of person says that about a child with a disability that it is because in a past life you were evil, which is exactly right <laughs> yeah. and morally repugnant. So next on our list, we have Judith McIntyre Mm. and McIntyre was a cancer patient who became an instant Mm. devotee to universal medicine. Mm. Um, So I assume as soon as she shook Serge's hand, she was all, you know, say no more. I'm down. (laughs) You know, I get it. It's unclear the uh, content of instant devotee. (laughs) Also, I I live in Las Vegas, as Dylan mentioned, and we've mentioned before, and I have a there's a real hospital here called UMC, University Medical Center. So if anyone listens, happen to be from Vegas, don't want to get you confused. It's not a universal medicine center, um, just in case it's a legit hospital. Just just want to make sure. Definitely go there for your genuine (laughs) Genuine OBGYN needs. needs. Absolutely. So McIntyre has since passed away, and her daughter says Serge bilked her out of $1.4 million as she died. He even claimed her children were trying to, quote, destabilize her. Mm, that's not good. And this he's probably right about this. They, they were probably trying to destabilize her, unfortunately, judge decision to associate <laughs> with a creep like Serge. I bet that's totally right. Yeah. <laughs> And we actually have documentation of this in an email Serge sent to McIntyre, quote, your children are trying to destabilize you, trying to evoke your sympathy. 
It is all an attack on the funds that will help the hierarchies work on Earth. <sighs> just a you know rule of thumb for anyone: treat any e- any email from Sir just spam. Don't even open it. Just write in the trash bin. Yeah, just do that. Yeah, and that'll make him real mad because I bet you can't eat spam <laughs> if you're in Universal Medicine. So it, you're getting him double. That's true. Um, but unfortunately, Serge was successful here. McIntyre gave her entire estate to the cult and even filmed a video weeks before her death where she explained how excited she was to die thanks to the religion. Mm. I would hope something called universal medicine would do the opposite of help <laughs> yeah, you die. Right. Uh, so, yeah, this is all. That's not good. Yeah. Gross. Yeah. Universal medicine wasn't just being selfish, leaving money for your children to inherit, quote, will actually harm both the follower and their kids in the next life. So, gee, aren't they considerate? Wow. Wow. Yeah. Just just like, you know, just like some of the cancer cures. Sometimes you need to be you need to be relieved of that burdensome money to help you find the right path. Yeah, exactly. We did see a lot of the same kind of maneuvers in them. And so the last uh, former client uh, or really he was the former spouse of a client. His name is Matt Sutherland. So Sutherland lost his wife, Sarah, and his children to universal medicine. Initially, he went to these universal medicine sessions with Sarah, but he felt uncomfortable with what Serge was saying. Oh, okay. So this this is still pre-forcible breast grabbing then. Okay. Yeah. So, you know, okay, this had been like the first visit to Dr. Creep filling out the paperwork and stuff. Just getting just getting started. Yeah. Didn't get too into it. He says, quote, Serge would say things like if a man orgasms inside a woman, That woman is taking on his bad energy. It is very toxic to the relationship. Uh I mean, I don't I don't see what's so toxic. He just just because he said semen is evil. Yeah, right. (laughs) Sutherland describes Serge as a human wrecking ball. And Sarah is now married to a lieutenant in universal medicine. Oh, a lieutenant. Fuck. There's a universal medicine army. God damn. Yeah, I guess there is. And I don't know if there's any corporals or majors or generals. (laughs) They just went straight to lieutenant. I'm not really sure. And what did Sarah have to say about all this? She said, I don't drink alcohol and I don't smoke cigarettes and I don't even drink coffee. I'm just smiling all the time. Always feel great. But here's a question I have. Is she brainwashed by this cult or, Mm -hmm. you know, we have to consider the alternative hypothesis. Maybe Serge was onto something with that whole cum is full of bad vibes thing. (laughs) He could have just been right about that. (laughs) You know, and maybe the real solution is to not wash your hands and don't wash your penis because germs aren't real and sperm is evil. So Serge Hegseth 2020. <laughs> Man, that is. Let's, let's not ever do that. <laughs> that is the independent candidacy we've been waiting for. And that <laughs> oh is it with Universal Medicine and Serge Benheon. And that is it for our entire mm-hmm. episode. So Brent, what did you learn in today's news episode? What most intrigued oh, you? So many things. I tell you, the the cult, your your piece on the cult is the most intriguing to me. Um, we've seen this before, this kind of this in the cancer quackery thing. So you know, this whole just predatory behavior, especially towards women, is horrific. Um, which isn't funny at all, but it is. You know, it's something to be noted. I do, I do think the funniest one was mine, just because who the fuck is this guy? And germ denialism. Can't wait to talk about it. <laughs> yeah. And of course, who can f- forget the axe of the <laughs> that chest? That is pretty you incredible. Know, of a drummer. Yeah. Who could bring <laughs> Yeah. What about yourself? What did, so, you, uh, what did you find I, interesting in this? I mean, the cult is definitely fun. I mean, I really, the, I mean, yeah. the axe throwing incident is pretty incredible, I have to say. <laughs> I am right now most intrigued by... James Stern taking over the National Socialist Movement just because right now we don't really know a lot about it. I would love to 
kind yeah. of finally in the hopefully sure, in the weeks and months come. to come we'll mm-hmm. learn more details about how that happened yeah because oh, yeah what's gonna happen yeah <laughs> what is happening because yes yeah, we really yeah. don't know this promotion and so mm-hmm. with that we are done and so you can check out our website none dare call it ordinary.com we'll have links to all the news articles that we've discussed today as well as we have sources for all of our uh previous episodes as well or at least the right now the previous two series we've done and you'll also find our Instagram and Twitter feed on our website, and you can go to them directly at NDCIO is us on Twitter and at none dare call it ordinary on Instagram. And generally, when we mention any kind of visual uh, information on the podcast, whether it's pictures or images or what have you, we'll feature those on our Instagram account. So it's very useful to get on there to be able to find out about all that kind of information. And if you want to reach out to us, let us know what we got right, what we got disastrously wrong. Maybe ovarian readings are really helpful. Let us know what you think. None dare call it ordinary at gmail.com. And with that, oh, yeah. we are, are done. done.